1: from KQED. KQED in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Rachel Myro in Fermina Kim. There are so many scams on Wall Street and in Silicon Valley, it seems like Hollywood screenwriters have turned scams and scam artists into a whole new subgenre. On streaming TV, we work. Theranos, all the creeps on Tinder, you name it, TV is awash now in stories about people faking their way to fame and fortune, then plunging from the stratosphere into ruin when they're inevitably caught and exposed. What explains the perennial appeal of these modern-day morality plays? I'll tell you. We can't look away. Let's discuss right after this. Welcome to Form. I'm Rachel Myro. in for Mina Kim. In recent months, you may have binge-watched The Dropout on Hulu about disgraced Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes, or Super Pumped on Showtime about the fall of former Uber CEO Travis Kalanick, or We Crashed on Apple TV Plus about WeWork co-founder Adam Neumann, or Inventing Anna, a Shonda Rhimes-produced Netflix series about the con artist who posed as a German heiress, and of course, the the Tinder swindler on Netflix about a con man who lured in gullible women by pretending to be a diamond mogul. Oh my God, that is a long list and far from comprehensive, but I just had to get it out of the way right at the top so that you can hear that this is a thing, the scam artist story. Why? Why so many? What explains the appeal? Let's talk about it now with Rachel Hampton, co-host of Slate's In Case You Missed It podcast. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here to talk about scammertainment.
1: This is going to be fun. And (laughs) also, Abby Ellen, journalist, contributor to The New York Times, author of Duped, Double Lives, False Identities, and The Con Man I Almost Married, not to mention host of Spotify's "Imposters: The Commander podcast. Thank you for being here today.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) Well, why don't we start with you, Rachel? You put together a podcast segment recently, ingeniously titled, We're All Trapped in the Scam Industrial Complex. Can you explain?
2: Definitely. So the scam industrial complex, to my imagination, isn't just the proliferation of scams that it feels like we're in the middle of, but the kind of media that comes up around it. As you helpfully mentioned at the top, we're just living in an influx of scammer content. There are so many docu-series, mini-series, documentaries about scammers. So the scam industrial complex is not just the actual scams, but the fact that we are all just consuming so much content around scams right now.
1: Oh my God, no kidding. Abby, you were scammed yourself. Can you share a little bit of your story and, and how you've come to reflect on it in the years since?
3: Sure. Um, This took place about 10, no, 11 years ago. I was engaged to a guy guy who turned out to be a pathological liar and went to jail. So that's the short version. Um, And I had sort of suspected all along that there was something wrong with him because he he was a Navy doc and he kept talking about these super secret missions he worked on and was off and he couldn't be reached, you know, and, and, and he worked at the Pentagon and there were just all these things that were unverified and many of which actually were true and many of which were not true. Um, And eventually I left him and then I got a call from NCIS saying there was a doctor who was writing fake prescriptions for drugs. And I was one of the names he used and that sort of kicked off the whole investigation into who this guy was and what he was up to.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it's often said, right, the kernel of an effective lie is a little itty-bitty bit of truth?
3: Or more than a lot, they, he, what? Because after that happened, I began researching do, liars and dupers and scammers. Oh, my. And what I, what what it, yeah, that's exactly it. They take elements of the truth and then they kind of put it into a, a, a box and then shake it up and just see what comes out. And that's that's exactly how you become an effective liar. They also are very smart.
1: <laughs> yeah, invariably and charming. It must be and said. Smart, smart. Uh, so, so let's talk about this this universe we're living in, right? Uh, with, with so many, you know, you can see the documentary. You can see the celebrity, the more attractive celebrity, dressed up, playing. You know, <laughs> perhaps an even more compelling version of these real life charmers. Um, is this is this the the new crime procedural for twenty twenty two? Because as viewers, we know where the story starts. We know where it ends. It, it, it's like Law and Order, but for a new generation.
3: I, I think so. But you know, we we've been gearing up for this. If you if you really think about it, this has been going on for a long time, just not in with with real life stories. But it, it was Big Little Lies, The Americans, The Affair, Walter White. Don Draper, Tony Soprano, right? So these were all things we've been watching. We've been lauding these characters, these anti heroes for a long, long, long time. And then eventually we got into the real life stories, which began, I think, with, recently anyway, with Anna Del- with um, Dirty John, right? The right. scammer. And that's that, and that, and the success of that then kicked off this proliferation of other. Scam stories, and it became romance scams, and then it became broader. And what's interesting to me is that when you watch these shows, the romance scams are usually men doing this to women, and the other scams are often women doing it to men. Right, Anna?
1: Yeah, (laughs) Rachel, yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think the true crime point is a really great one. Um, I think that after the summer of 2020, that it became a lot harder for some people to watch true crime, to watch these narratives where the police are the heroes and true crime scammer stories fit perfectly into that, where it's not a victimless crime at all. Obviously we see so many people lose money, but we're not seeing anyone die or get assaulted. And so it feels a lot safer to watch for a lot of people who want to get that kind of true crime itch without actually having to think about the politics of, like, what is the defense attorney actually doing? What is actually happening in this courtroom? Whose side is the judge on? What is it like to watch someone's civil rights get violated in law and order?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's traumatizing. And, uh, you know, you make me think, too, Rachel, that. Like, the oh gosh, of the stuff that I've been watching lately, we're still not looking at the victims so much as we're looking, uh, you know, with a kind of oh uh, amusement or or respect at, at what some of these scam artists do in these these new streaming series, right? We're we're not really so much uh, uh, distressed over the people whose lives they ruin, the hearts broken, mm-hmm. you know, the bank accounts emptied.
2: Yeah, it's very much the scammer at the center of the story, which is another reason why I think this has taken off rather than the typical true crime. It's very hard, or at least it's a lot more icky to make a serial killer the kind of ant- protagonist of your story. But a scammer like Anna Delvey or Adam Newman, who seem to actually kind of believe in the scam that they're running, or at least you don't know if they believe in the scam that they're running, the kind of tension between how much they're lying and what the actual purpose of the lying, I think makes it a lot more compelling to watch and makes it a lot easier to stomach in a lot of ways that there are actual victims of these scams are running.
1: Yeah. A- a- Abby, any thoughts on that?
3: Um, I, what I think, I think the reason I wrote duped was because I wanted to give voice to the victims um, because it's usually the victims who are, derided, and they're thought to be so stupid, and they're thought to be so dumb, and how could you give this person so much money, and how could you believe them, and what's interesting about, say, Elizabeth Holmes is that her victims were men, mostly, in really high places, and so I think we get our, well, I like to call it the fraud, (laughs) and it's like, basically, you know, (laughs) you get to see someone like, you know, George Shultz being Duped. And there's an element of real like like kind of joy in that in a really twisted way. Um, but in usually it's just the victims are just thought to be so pathetic. And and that's what I think is the thing about the, the scammers, exactly as Rachel said, it's just that, yeah, how did these people do it? Why did they do it? All of that. I was more interested in the victims and the people on the other end. Why did they believe? Why did they trust? why, you know, why did they get duped? How did they move on? That's what I was thinking.
1: Although, you know, there's a certain aspect of <laughs> schadenfreude. <laughs> schadenfreude, as you recall, you know, for for those of you who are like not up on your German, right? There's a way in which you enjoy seeing somebody's downfall. I, but it, it's also like watching a car accident. I was watching a little bit of a Tinder Swindler last night. You're looking at these women thinking, oh, my God, gosh, you know, like, like, isn't it so obvious? What, what are the chances you're going to bump into, you know, a diamond uh, mogul on Tinder? What are the possibilities of that happening? You know, using your rational mind now, it it just, um, so I guess I was kind of feeling
3: superior. Well, and and it's easy to feel superior until it happens to you. But if you think about it, if you think about it, he showed them he took these women on on these swanky vacations he took them to the five-star hotels he took them on the private planes she they met people around him at least once right if not more so he showed it seemed like he really lived this life so if you can be suspicious and you can be cynical and all of those things but then when you have hard evidence there it's like oh okay well maybe it's real and I think when it comes to romance um well and even with making money you know with a with a, a WeWork or, or or any of those things, you know, everybody just wants, everyone wants kind of a free lunch and they want the fairy tale. Yeah. That's the bottom line, no matter what we say. That's we, the bottom line.
1: We want easy money and we want a lot of it.
3: <laughs> and love. And we want easy yeah. money and love. And if, if they go hand in hand, even better.
1: Yeah, which, is, which makes 100% of us. Uh, you know, uh, vulnerable to all kinds of schemes, you know, just uh, so so why don't I put out uh, a call out to you, the listeners, uh, to join the conversation? What do you think uh, explains our culture's current obsession with scammer stories uh, in this late capitalism phase we seem to be living through? Have you tuned into any of these new uh, scammer TV shows or podcasts, really. Which one Which one captured your attention all the way to the end and why? 866 6786 That's eight six six seven three three six seven eight six. 733 6786 Or get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. You can also email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Um, you know, I, I guess it almost must be said... Uh, Rachel that there's a part of us that's thinking man my life is boring you know but at least I haven't been you know uh, suckered into a sex cult or a pyramid scheme.
2: Definitely I mean I count not getting scammed as one of my main virtues. Um, I think that (laughs) watching these scammer stories it gives you this idea that if you consume enough then you can keep from getting scammed especially because we all live online on social media, which has made scamming easier than ever in so many different ways. And so, watching like the Firefest doc or Inventing Anna or the Tinder Swindler or the Theranos doc kind of functions as a textbook for how to avoid getting scammed, or it gives the impression of doing so. It's kind of like a relation. To be continued,
1: we're exploring why we're so into scammers' stories on streaming TV these days with Rachel Hampton and Abby Ellen. Stay with us. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Forum. I'm Rachel Myro, Informina Kim, and I'm talking to Abby Ellen and Rachel Hampton about scammer TV. There's so much of it on television, uh, documentaries, you know, fictionalized accounts, podcasts. We just seem to be a nation obsessed. But I think our next caller is going to talk to us about the fact that this is deeply embedded in our culture going back to the beginning. Why don't we talk now to John and Elsa Bronte?
4: Hi, um, nice that you guys are addressing this. I really appreciate hearing this on the radio. I, I've been thinking about this for a while too. I'm a U.S. history teacher and uh, an academic, and I and I actually find this subject, particularly about like the idea of hustlers, scammers, antiheroes, pulling it off, uh, taking advantage of others, and the others are just kind of suckers. It, it's it's embedded deeply. In American culture and history going way back I mean all the way back through you know the robber baron period right the first Gilded Age yeah the first Gilded Age exactly and there was always this push and pull socially and societally about whether to aggrandize these type of folks or whether to villainize them and it's tied into American rugged individualism and like the hyper capitalism that the society encourages and it's, um, you know, I mean, it's really morally corrosive. I mean, like, I, you know, remember as, you know, a younger person, you know, seeing it also within, like, for instance, rap music, seeing, like, rap going from, I mean, I listen, not, to be fair, I listen to a lot of stuff I'm about to kind of decry, but, like, going from, like, really, like, super positive, politically active, like, uh, you know, Black Panther, Marcus Garvey type of, you know, messaging to like straight to like you know hustling and gangster stuff, and then also seeing it in our political culture with Trump. Who's?
1: Yeah. Oh, I I think we're and, losing you, John. Why don't we let Abby jump into this? Um, you know, it 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 does seem. What exactly are is happening? Do you think with this obsession, are we inoculating ourselves from the bogeyman uh, of late stage capitalism, or or are we? I don't know, just kind of idolizing them in a way, these scam artists, by by saying, you know, gosh, I, I wish I could figure out how, how to perpetrate a scam myself.
3: Oh, I think it's part of it. I think if you go back to the Bible, really, the Bible was filled with deception, wasn't it? I mean, I, my <laughs> the story that always kind of freaked me out was Rebecca um, and her sons, Jacob and Esau, do you remember? And she... It, it was a was the hairy one and the father was uh a message ever isaac and i isaac was blind and he was dying and they needed to bless the sons and so she wanted jacob to get the the, the the blessing and so she put fake hair on him and the father blessed him instead of Esau so Je- Esau had to go off and anyway so there was this kind of deception scamming it's it's biblical I mean it's always everybody is deceiving everybody in the bible Cain and Abel you get it and so it it is as as our caller said it was it's been no different I think now it is because the internet has made it so easy to lie and so easy to get away with things and so easy to fabricate. It's also that much easier to get caught, which is why I think another reason why we have so many of these stories coming out. So I think that there's been an appetite for them, as you know, talked about earlier with all, everything we've been watching on TV, even going back to you know, Catch Me If You Can. I think that was in the 90s but now yeah i think it's it's their cautionary tales and we have a fascination with them and we also think this is never going to happen to me and we have the superior superior air and then it does happen to us
1: so and- the bible said and it still is news <laughs> uh, you know i imagine too i I'm, I'm thinking Was it around 1850? P.T. Barnum is said to have coined the phrase, there's a sucker born every minute. So this is definitely with us. Uh, Sandra writes, uh, it seems the focus on scams, uh, she means right now, was triggered by the unlikely rise of Donald Trump. He used bankruptcies, mean-spirited reality TV, false universities, and trophy wives to win the presidency. Success follows success, and scams are succeeding. Any thoughts on on that, Rachel?
2: I mean, I yeah, Donald Trump is perhaps the biggest scammer we've seen in a long time, and he's risen so far. I think that scammer narratives come out or become more popular during times of intense wealth inequality, where that wealth inequality is not only condoned by the government, but supported through tax breaks. And so the idea of the average American is getting scammed on a regular and consistent basis by the people who are supposed to be protecting us makes us look at, Makes us look for outlets in other ways of seeing these rich people who otherwise seem to face no consequences finally getting their comeuppance through someone like Anna Delvey.
1: Let's go back to the phones now and Stephen in Oakland. Hi, Stephen.
5: Hey, hey there. Um, so it seems that the the other commenters are... Saying exactly what I wanted to say, my hypothesis that explains the recent popularity in scammers and con artist art um, is that uh, we as a society are processing collective trauma about the greatest and most successful con artist of all time. He lied and conned his way to the presidency and lying with a totally straight face is so fascinating and confusing to us. And and so we watch and do art about it to help us process that trauma and maybe learn something about it, but reflect upon the whole experience.
1: Beautifully put, Stephen. Uh, Kathy writes, let's not forget the, uh, Bub mentioned Leonardo DiCaprio. I think, Abby, you just mentioned it. Catch me if you can. I'm thinking, of course, of 1973's The Sting. Uh, you know, I a question comes to mind, Rachel. Why why, why are all of these con artists white?
2: That's a great question. I think that scammers kind of rely on this implicit agreement or social contract um, that really only applies to certain kinds of people. To, to be scammed, you first have to trust the person that you're looking at. And that trust is usually only extended to conventionally attractive white people, in American society at least. I mean, uh, but
1: but is it I mean, there
2: is something called the
1: affinity scam. And it applies, you know, like to that, that guy, you know, from church or or the women at work like like the, that's made
3: Madoff. Yeah. Bernie Madoff, all of his Jewish victims were they were victims of affinity fraud. He was preying on his people.
2: Exactly. But I mean, in terms of the people who have the most wealth in America, if we're talking about the larger scale scams like Theranos, like WeWork, those ones that actually take in huge sources of capital that involve banks, usually we're talking about the people in the room who hold that kind of power are white men. But yeah, I would say that smaller scale scams that don't quite rise to the level of getting a Netflix miniseries about them do prey on people who affinity groups exactly like people who look more like them or who will trust them straight off the bat
1: yeah it's it's as you point out like when you're talking big money (laughs) invariably you're talking about the people who have big money uh you know (laughs) either to take or to give yeah it's
3: access right Rachel it's it's the it's usually white people who have access to that kind of money Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. yeah
3: definitely Right.
1: Yeah, when when I was walking, uh, watching, uh, we crashed. Uh, you know, it couldn't help but notice that like Newman got away with it, <laughs> right? He mm-hmm. got his his uh, what what is it billion dollar, uh, you know, exit package or something. They're about he, and he's still in real estate. Like it's not like like uh, he's been thrown out of that line of business. Crazy. Yeah.
3: One thing I think is fascinating is that you have a lot of us who think that we've been deceived and duped by Donald Trump. You have another, the the rest of the country thinks that they've been deceived and duped by the other side. So everybody is now hyper attuned to scams, which is in being duped. And and I think that's really interesting. I know so many people uh, who think that Biden and, you know, they still believe that election was stolen. They still believe that he, you know, made off. And and that they were victims of, of of a scam themselves. So that's what I think is also. It's just all permeated into this whole culture. That's that's what's. It's insidious. That that's what I find so upsetting. Actually, is that ev- no one trusts anybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a yeah a culture of distrust, fear, suspicion, greed, uh, and maybe something else that uh, Dixon in Strawberry, California, is going to tell us about.
4: Hi. So my concern, well, my concern, my interest is in the multiple ways that we're being sold youth and beauty. And I feel like a lot of these, because I looked at a couple. So now, of course, they come up in my feed constantly. (laughs) And it's amazing how many are out there and how expensive they are. And they're supposed to just completely change your skin and make you young and beautiful. And that's pretty much impossible. They're very expensive. I know I tried one because everyone can be fooled. And at $350, I didn't see any change at all. It was just extra moisturizer.
1: And, you know, you bring up something, uh, Dixon, as well, which is like, where where are the regulators? You know, like there's no regulation of a lot of this stuff that is being pushed at us online. None. Mm. And you
4: can't tell what's an imitation and what's not and... I I don't know. It's just very irritating. It's
1: very. Well, thank you for sharing, Dixon. Uh, Let's go to the phones again. And Holly in Concord. Hi, Hi. Holly.
5: Hi. Um, So um, I just wanted to call in because I I am one of those people that was on a dating site and met someone and started flirting and. You know it was kind of one of those situations where it was almost too good to be true and then it turned out you know i started getting very suspicious about certain things and um but even though i kind of knew or i suspected that he was a scammer i just kind of stuck with it because it was fun to flirt it was fun to have that kind of you know feeling desired and then it wasn't until you know, when he finally did ask me for money because he was out of the country and needed help. And, you know, <laughs> he had this whole scenario. It's in the airport and was detained. And I'm just sitting back and laughing internally, you know. And um, and then he was like, you know, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. And I was like, uh, no, no, no. You've got to have other people. And then he got mad. And then I said, okay, see you. Bye. But, you know, <laughs> I kind of on with it. It was <laughs> kind of fun because I knew what was up.
1: You know, at, at, as you've been talking, Holly, I, I got one of those little notifications flash across the screen. Uh, you know, a, a scam, spam email. I'm I'm sure everybody's getting them now. Uh, you know, in multiples, and uh, you, they tell you, you know, uh, you're going to be charged or. Uh, quite as often these times, you know, congratulations, you could be, you know, the winner of a discount or, or, you know, uh, some kind of a refund. If only you click here now. Uh, You know, it does seem, Abby, as if we, we live in a world where the scams are coming at us a mile a minute.
3: They are. And elder fraud is an enormous problem, actually, because my father was sent an email from my brother and my dad, who's pretty savvy at 84, he's pretty savvy. He was gonna send my brother money until, coincidentally, my brother called him up and said, "How you doing, Dad?" And he said, "Oh, I was just about to send you money." And Ray was like, um, well, "I don't need it. <laughs> what are you talking about? It was a scam, you know." So uh, people are so susceptible because you don't—you don't know. You don't—you just don't know what's coming at you. I—I really am a fan of erring on the side of skepticism. And you know, Reagan said, "Trust but verify," and I would say verify and still don't trust. I mean, you have to be so vigilant. You really do. Uh,
1: Rachel, you know, I, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about these shows is that uh, they, they tend to offer the the satisfaction, obviously, you know, like, oh, well, we didn't get suckered like that. Uh, but we don't really get a lot of psychological insight into the con artists themselves. We we watch more uh, about the how uh the how how a scam happens rather than the why. Mm,
2: yeah, I mean, I think part of that is that actually talking to a scammer about why they're scamming is a bit like getting scammed in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> they are just never quite ready to admit why they did it. Or if they are admitting why they did it, it's for a very specific purpose. It's to convince you to be on their side it's to gain your trust and affection and so i think it's really hard to gain psychological insight into a scammer without kind of getting pulled in yourself
1: if you want to join this conversation and you've got ideas you want to share give us a call at 8667336786 that's 8667336786 uh all right rachel uh, and abby you know why don't we start with rachel Here's a question for you. What is the next scam TV show series that you want to see? What What's the story we haven't seen yet that we need to see tomorrow or in a year or so?
2: Wow, that is an incredible question. Um, I mean, I'm kind of fascinated in Herbalife, which is this um, MLM I don't know if it's technically a pyramid scheme in, in terms of legal definition, it's but definitely
1: dubious. Yeah. It's
2: definitely dubious, but it primarily operates within um, communities of color, at least in the United States. And I'm just fascinated as to how it's proliferated and who exactly is at the top of this company and what their entire deal is. That's what I would like to see.
1: Excellent. Anybody listening who's like in Hollywood, please be taking notes. Abby, what's the show you want to see?
3: You know what I want to see? I want to see more about emotional betrayal that's not about money. I'm so interested in that because you understand when someone get, when, you know, they're asking you for money, they're, 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 that's their goal. That makes sense. But when somebody is just manipulating you for no good reason, I don't, that's, and it's hard and it's, you can't prosecute it, right? It's, it, there's no, it's not a crime. Lying is not a crime. So, that's what I'm really interested in more of those stories because that's, those are the things I think that happen a lot, a lot, a lot. And we don't hear about them because they're not, no one's losing millions of dollars. They're just losing their, you know, sense of self and their sense of honor and their, you know, and their heart. Whether this is a romance scam or even a business scam, you know, it just, it just, or, or any other kind of people, are, that's what I'm really interested in.
1: Benjamin writes, uh, that's why they often call them confidence artists. Con equals confidence artists. The whole point is to convince the person they have nothing to doubt, nothing to worry about, to have the utmost confidence that this will work in their favor. Confidence is a good thing in moderation. Um, But I think it must also be said society is built on human trust. And when that human trust is shattered, uh, you know, society stumbles.
3: It's, it's really hard to condemn people who trust because we have to trust every day, as you say. I mean, we trust, it basic, you know, we trust that everyone's going to stop at the stoplight stop when it's red. We trust that the pilot is really a pilot. We trust that the surgeon's really a surgeon. We need to trust, or it's, it's just, we, you know, it won't function. Society will not work. And so you can't condemn people for believing and wanting to believe. That's the problem. That's hence the conundrum.
1: Any thoughts you want to add there, Rachel?
2: I mean, I really agree with Abby that society functions on trust and that I think that the kind of scam retainment, scam industrial complex exists because we all feel like that trust is fracturing in so many different ways. I mean, look at the pandemic, look at mass mandates, look at who exactly thinks that they have a responsibility for societal um, benefit. And yeah, it's clearly breaking down in so many ways.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a danger to marinating and cynicism. You know, it's called nihilism. <laughs> and that way, all kinds of suffering lies. Well, I, I just want to thank you both for what has been a fascinating conversation. And now I have so many shows on my do list to watch. Uh, we have been talking with Rachel Hampton, co-host of Slate's In Case You miss it, Miss It, podcast, Missed It, I Can't Talk, and Abby Ellen, journalist and contributor to the New York Times, a podcast host herself uh, and ho- and author of Duped Double Lies, False Identities, and the Con Man I Almost Married. You've been listening to Forum. Don't touch that dial. We've got a great conversation with Maxwell coming up. I'm Rachel Myro. Thank you so much for being here.